Grimwood was an exceptionally grim place to live for the townsfolk, but things had become even more so in the weeks that followed Lady Maleficent's death due to the mourning of the manor. Not many details were known about the incident by those outside of her immediate family, but there were rumours. Whispers that townsfolk had seen her head into Grimwood's surrounding woodland, which was notorious for everyone except manor staff disappearances. If the residents of Grimwood thought that the manor was selfish before when it came to food supplies and other essentials, then they were not prepared for what had come after the announcement of Maleficent's death. Imports from outside of the woodland were near non-existent, and fewer manor staff returned to Grimwood than had left it, which was something not seen by the folk of Grimwood. Previously, it seemed as though manor staff were immune to the supposed terrors of the woodland. However, what did come into the manor was not seen by the townsfolk, and so times were extremely hard. A young woman who was finding times tremendously tough was Scarlet. Scarlet lived at the very bottom of the slope Grimwood was built upon, where the poorest of townsfolk struggled to survive day by day, and that was exactly what her grandmother was doing, struggling. Granny was suffering from a mysterious illness a small number of residents had been subjected to that had baffled everybody in town for quite a while by this point. Many ailments experienced in Grimwood could be resolved through several remedies, but this one had not seen any have an effective result, and those who had it unfortunately passed on. Scarlet had been heartbroken for weeks and had found it hard to accept the reality of her grandmother's oncoming passing. She had raised Scarlet ever since she was a child and Scarlet was hopelessly devoted to her. But to see her grandmother slowly suffer felt cruel. This illness affected people gradually and begun with the feeling of weakness accompanied by a patch of skin that was as black as night and progressively grew across the body, claiming it for itself, slowly incapacitating its captive. Remedies for ailments cost money, and with the demand of them skyrocketing, so did the prices. All for the ones that Scarlet had tried not to work. Scarlet and her grandmother knew that it was nearly impossible to make the money required to keep trying remedies for her recovery, but Scarlet was adamant that she would not let her grandmother go without trying everything. When the illness had first appeared on Granny, Scarlet begged and pleaded with her grandmother until she gave in and used the remaining functionality of her hands to create a red riding hood, a shortcut for pretty women like Scarlet to make money. The Little Red Riding Hood was an infamous symbol in Grimwood and was worn by those that offer their sensuality to those willing to buy it. It was a popular profession amongst desperate individuals in the lowest sectors of Grimwood, and Scarlet was one of the most in need. For weeks, Scarlet had been prowling the town at dusk, her red-cloaked counterparts dispersed throughout the area. She had been adding weight to her coin purse as she spent time with a variety of generous men and women throughout Grimwood, satisfying their every need, if the price was right. Everybody in the town knew the purpose of the Little Red Riding Hood, its colour so eye-catching and representative of its intended act, it could not avoid anybody's view in the dark of the night. You know the price. Scarlet had become so numb to the profession that her tone with her customers reflected this often. She held her palm out expectedly to the revolting man who had pulled himself away from her and the wall they were pressed up against. 
Scarlet's bluntness did not discourage her customers because in the end, they got what they wanted and she was breathtaking. Smooth, enchanting skin, luscious locks and mature, strong features. Scarlet was sure of herself and knew her worth. This was simply a task to keep Granny alive. The man <laughs> scoffed, kept long and comfortable eye contact while he reached into his pocket, which Scarlet knew the man thought made him alluring and desirable. He looked as though he had achieved something. Scarlet wanted them to think that way so that they would keep coming back, but to Scarlet and the other Red Hoods, they had the upper hand. If done properly, people turned to putty in their hands. With skill and charisma, prices could be raised and clients would adhere to the demands if they were desperate enough. The trick was to make them desperate, tease, titillate, tempt. Don't miss me too much. The man dropped a pouch of rattling coins into Scarlet's palm, tightened his belt and glumped unattractively down the path where they had conducted business before disappearing into the shadows. Scarlet felt eyes on her. Looking into the darkness, she saw a pair of warm brown eyes staring, perhaps having watched everything that had just happened. It was unsettling, but she didn't look away from the figure, which, after a short moment, snapped into action and scurried away around the corner. Scarlet didn't doubt that there was someone strange enough to watch her business, but she felt as though if they did, they should at least pay her. Dawn broke in the sky. The sun began to peek over the horizon and a glow of light began to bleed into the shadow of the alleyway where Scarlet stood. Grimwood was still resting, excluding the creatures of the night. Dodgy dealings transpired through the night, fraternising with Red Hoods being one of them. As Scarlet traipsed through the streets, she saw others that were thought to be low lives, slither into the shadows before being caught by the daylight. Scarlet didn't mind so much if she was to be seen in her little red riding hood. Her reason for doing what she did was self-sacrificing. She would be proud to restore Granny's health. Scarlet reconvened with the Red Hoods. They met at dawn behind the tavern to discuss their ordeals of the night. Their conversations dwindled as she drew nearer to them, and their eyes would dart to her, then back to each other. How did we do, ladies? Scarlet rang her coin purse in the air, tired as she merged into the circle of women. Not as well as you did, once again. The atmosphere had turned hateful with Scarlet's arrival. We don't know why you ask. Is it to make us jealous? What are you talking about? Scarlet hastily pocketed her weighty purse and met the eyes of everyone around her. Ever since you started working, we're getting less work. Are you persuading the customers to just stick with you? No, I'm not doing anything. Just my job. Scarlet stood her ground. It wasn't her fault that she was getting more attention than everybody else. Maybe you're doing something wrong. My children need to eat. I can't keep stealing from the market. My granny is sick. She needs the medicine. None of it's working. Again with that old hag. Give it up. She's as good as dead. Scarlet was enraged. Nobody talks ill of her grandmother. But before she could get a grasp of the woman who said it, the surrounding women pulled her back and threw her to the ground. You've tried. You've failed. If that's all you're doing this for, you should just give up now. Nobody's gotten rid of the rot. Once you spot it, it's only a matter of time. The rot was the name the townsfolk had given the illness, and it referred to the black patch it began with that slowly consumed the body. Scarlet rose to her feet, confidently brushed herself off and began to step backwards, addressing the group. Well, I'm going to keep trying. 
And while I do, it seems you won't be seeing much of this. She withdrew the coin purse once again and shook it as she turned the corner. But once she did, she halted and slumped against the wall, exasperated. Scarlet wouldn't let it show, but how the woman had treated her hurt. They believed her front and that was all that mattered, but solitary tears rolled down her cheeks. However, her ears perked up again as the women began to talk. Actually, you're wrong. I heard that someone has managed to keep the rot at bay. What are you talking about? One of my customer's children had the rot and he told me it was possible to get rid of it. But I wouldn't tell her that because if she knew, well, she'd keep working and we'd never get as many customers as she does. Why would she keep working? If she fixed her old witch, we'd see the back of her. Sadly, this remedy comes from an apothecary at the top of Grimwood and it does work. But to keep it working, her granny would have to keep taking it and that costs a lot of money. If it costs so much, how is this man able to afford you and this remedy? He works for the manor. He used to escort the lady that makes it to the woods where she collects the ingredients while he protects her from whatever is in there. But as we all know, since Lady Maleficent's death, workers of the manor haven't been returning from the woodland like they used to. Well, now she gets her son to go with her and hopes for the best. There was an eruption of hope within Scarlet. She could save Granny. The flurry of positive emotions were dampened with the reality that it was likely she would not have an escape from the work she was doing. It would have to continue for as long as she could stay on top of Granny's healing. She shooed that thought away. Anything for Granny, she thought. The sun was high in the sky and Grimwood woke up with people starting their days. Scarlet was excited to get her hand on the treatment, deciding to go straight to the apothecary so that she could surprise Granny with the remedy. Grimwood was bustling with life, but people more survived than lived. The town market was a hot spot throughout the days as people bartered and begged, trying to get their hands on enough food just to have their families skate by. The town smelt putrid, with many people in a bad way. Lady Maleficent's demise had immensely impacted the state of the already impoverished area, and it had led to demonstrators causing a ruckus throughout Grimwood, begging for the manor to save them. Times were darker than they had been previously, even more so that some refused to leave their homes in fear of being attacked just because of how volatile some had become. Anger was noticeably affecting many people, and Scarlet had noticed it earlier accompanied by the Red Hoods. While Scarlet was skilled at teasing customers and keeping herself safe, it was clear some of the Red Hoods had angered clients in an attempt to do this, which had resulted in violence, boasting bruises. It wasn't all bad for Scarlet as she worked in her little Red Riding Hood, while the men who bought her time were unnerving. Time bought by a woman was seen by Scarlet as a good job. Women who showed affection to the fairer sex had to do so discreetly and it was often difficult for them to find someone with similar interests, and so they resorted to buying it instead. Scarlet, however, enjoyed the company of both kinds of people. Time spent with women was safer, more fun, and often resulted in bonding on some level, and it kept Scarlet from being completely fearful for her nights. As Scarlet went further up Grimwood, a varied aroma tickled her nose. Remedies that were sweet, bitter and more emitted scents that were tangled in the air as she looked around for the apothecary. A boy in his teens caught her eye. He was sat on a chair outside a house that was covered in greenery. 
His arm rested on a shining silver sword that he twirled on its tip as it's dug into the ground. A sword from the manor. Scarlet took a step in his direction before stopping. Again, she felt eyes beaming at her. She was used to being looked at due to her little red riding hood, but this felt different. And so she turned. In the distance, a figure was peering around the corner of a building, glaring right at her. Bright, piercing, hazel eyes. It was the figure from that morning in the alley. Scarlet experienced a tinge of discomfort, but was too preoccupied to confront the person. Why was she being followed? Scarlet resumed her walk to the boy. Is this the apothecary? The boy lifted the point of his sword and used it to cut an abundance of unkempt greenery to reveal a sign that read apothecary. The boy was expressionless, but radiated unhappiness. Peter, send them in. The voice shrilled from behind the open doorway to the building. The boy tilted his head to the entrance, gesturing Scarlet to go inside in his melancholic fashion. As Scarlet entered, the scent became stronger, almost coaxing a coughing fit from her, but she suppressed the urge. You have a treatment for the rot? Scarlet was fearful that it may have been incorrect information. If you have the coin for it, dear. A woman, short and stout with unruly grey hair, was pottering around an apothecary table, creating mixtures and concoctions, taking no notice of Scarlet's presence. I have plenty. Scarlet threw her coin purse onto a countertop by her side. It's for my granny. She's very sick. Lots of people are. She turned to investigate the coin purse. I'm sorry about your granny. This should do nicely. From inside a cabinet, she withdrew a vial of elixir. It was glowing, and Scarlet was ecstatic. Once beginning this treatment, it must be continued every fortnight to remain effective. If this isn't done, the rot returns with more strength than before. Do you understand me? This was the be-all and end-all. Once beginning this, there was no going back for Scarlet. No going back for Granny. Scarlet took the risk. She couldn't lose her. Not yet. Time had passed and the elixir had worked like a miracle. Granny was livelier than ever. The rot had vanished from view and Scarlet felt whole once again. It was another working night for Scarlet. She felt giddy as she walked away from a job for an affectionate lady and her purse was heavy with coins. The streets were lit with a fabulous full moon that hung high in the sky. The world seemed somewhat good until suddenly several figures appeared around her blocking both exits of the path. The Red Hoods glared at her, malicious smirks across their face. Doing any good tonight, Scarlet? The group began to circle her threateningly. Granny feeling better again? So, you found out about the magic remedy. You would have let my granny die, just so I would stop working. Scarlet was disgusted with the women. I told you, I'm not trying to keep customers away from you. Maybe you're not trying. But you won't be getting much attention without that pretty face. Daggers dropped down from several of the women's sleeves. Please, you don't have to do this. This was the first time the woman saw vulnerability in Scarlet. She had done so well at hiding it. Tremendous panic fired within her as the women began to shrink their circle around her, blades glinting in the light of the full moon. Get her! The women darted towards her, tapping Scarlet to the ground and began to hold her arms and legs to the ground as one of the Red Hoods straddled her, raising her dagger in the air. Scarlet turned her face away in fear, but 
As she saw past the red hoods and into the darkness in the distance, she saw glinting, yellow eyes watching fiercely. Growling rumbled from its direction as it emerged from the shadows. The vicious snarls had gained the attention of all the women, and their uproar was silenced, all turning to look in the direction. Ghost-white fright was painted amongst their faces. A humongous paw stomped onto the gravel, followed by another, and another, and another. Thick, heavy drool oozed from the beast's mouth and dolloped onto the ground. Sharp, strong claws scraped along in its path, the ferocity of which were equaled by the terrifying teeth that became more visible with each growl. The front legs did not take another step. Instead, the creature slowly towered over them all, casting a gigantic shadow down the path as the full moon shone behind it. A howl bellowed through Grimwood. A werewolf. The werewolf leapt towards the women, tackling the individual straddling Scarlet to the ground. Scarlet was frozen for a moment, her breathing quicker than it had ever been before. She watched aghast as screams rang through the area from the Red Hood while they were attacked by the werewolf. The beast stomped, struck and shredded. Little Red Riding Hoods were torn to pieces, fabric flying everywhere. The werewolf had its focus on everyone except Scarlet, as though it was avoiding her purposefully. The shadows of the scene captured the mania of the tragedy. Scarlet could see what was happening even when she wasn't looking at it directly. She came to her senses, clambered to her feet and ran as fast as the wind. Her voice had been plucked from her by fear. She tried to scream, but it couldn't come out. And just as she was about to turn the corner into the night, she came to a stop turned back to the scene as it had turned silent and saw the werewolf revert to all fours and stare back at Scarlet deeply with no intention of attack. She looked at the mauled red hoods, tears welling in her eyes, mortified yet conflicted. These women had just attacked her, hated her so much and were about to cause her drastic harm or worse, kill her and rip away Granny's chance of survival. Why did she feel sorry for them? She thought of everyone who they worked to support and what consequences they would face as a result. A low rumble came from the werewolf, which snapped her attention back to it. It was still, just curious of her lingering at the scene. Again, she came to her senses and left. Scarlet didn't tell Granny about what had happened that night. She already feared for Scarlet's safety as a Red Hood. She didn't tell anybody, and there was no mention of the massacre by the townspeople. It was as though the werewolf didn't leave a trace, like it had cleaned up after itself. Sometimes, Scarlet questioned whether it even happened in the first place, or if it was all a nightmare. She did relive it many times in her dreams as the nights went on, but it did in fact happen, and that was obvious because the other Red Hoods were never seen again. Scarlet was the only one of that profession in Grimwood from that moment on. Nobody knew had begun that line of work out of fear due to the mysterious disappearances of those women. Scarlet, however, had found a silver lining. She had more clients than ever, allowing her to buy Granny's treatment for weeks. Another night had come. A gorgeous crescent moon floated above, 
Scarlet had not been out on a full moon since that fateful night. Scarlet wandered Grimwood, appreciating the silence and the stars in the sky. She heard treading behind her, and turned to plant herself in a flirtatious stance. Good evening. Hello? A man coyly approached her, unsure of himself, which he had no need to be. He was kind-looking, with a lean physique that his clean cotton shirt hung from, his warm brown eyes a magnet for attraction. What can I do for you? I think that you're beautiful. I've admired you for quite some time. However, I didn't have the gold necessary for your time. And now? I have more than enough. Scarlet slowly approached him, lightly tracing her finger along his chest, to his arm and around his back as she circled him enticingly. Then the night is yours. Her hand flattened against his stomach and began to glide downwards, but he quickly grabbed her wrist and stopped her. I would just like your company. He opened a large coin purse, bigger than Scarlet had ever seen. How much is that? Scarlet <laughs> chuckled, astonished at such a desire. Simple company. She reached into the coin purse and pulled a small number of coins from the pouch, pocketing them into her own. The night went nicely, and the man was true to his word. It was solely company that he was looking for. There were no shenanigans, just conversation, and sometimes just each other's presence. It was strange to Scarlet, but a nice kind of strange. A strange she would be happy to experience again. And she did. Night after night, the man returned with his coin purse, requesting Scarlet's company, and nothing more. And every time she complied, turning away all other customers because whatever they were willing to pay, the man was eager to give more for Scarlet's time. He was undeniably devoted to her, and she was undeniably devoted to providing for Granny. The man had become a regular, and because of this, Scarlet trusted him to pay at the end of their meetings. On another night, they had been roaming the grassland between Grimwood and the woodland, which Scarlet was hesitant about. But the man had insisted she would be safe. She had thought of the money she would gain for the elixir, and agreed. Their time had come to an end, and Scarlet put her palm outreached, expecting some money. Thank you for another lovely evening. Over the time they had been spending together, Scarlet had grown bored of their repeated encounters and so exaggerated her interest. She hardly even took in the details of his appearance anymore, or even aspects of their surroundings. The man looked hesitant, tugging at his hands anxiously. Scarlet, I've used all the money I had to see you all these nights. Money is finite. But my compassion is limitless. He looked at her with hope. Scarlet felt that her trust had been betrayed, her time wasted, her pockets empty. This isn't what I'm here for. I'm here for my granny, you know this. Scarlet was no longer zoned out like she had been for many of their past rendezvous. She <gasps> was furious and turned to walk back towards Grimwood. Scarlet, please wait. I love you. After all this time, you don't love me back. The man was delusional, Scarlet thought. She had no time for love, and so she continued to storm away. Before she got too far, his hand ferociously grabbed her arm and turned her to face him. Desperation was clear in his glassy eyes. His yellow glassy eyes. Had they always been yellow? Scarlet thought back to their meeting and envisioned the deep brown of his gaze. How had his eyes been changing colour over the course of their meetings? 
Scarlet experienced an eerie feeling as his longing yellow eyes quivered before her. The same feeling she felt when she was being watched all that time ago. When she was met with brown eyes, then hazel, just to come face to face with a yellow-eyed werewolf. Scarlet tugged at her arm, trying to get free, and as she looked mortified into the face of the man, she saw a blinding full moon hovering in the night sky behind his figure. The man vibrated with an overwhelming wave of emotion as he envisioned losing Scarlet from his life. And as she couldn't look away from his scary, supernatural stare, she saw him snap. He released Scarlet from his grasp just as she pulled away, causing her to trip and fall to the ground. And as she was engulfed in his shadow, she looked up, watching the man as he grunted and grew. Thick, silvery fur sprouting from his skin, his shirt tearing at the expanding of his muscles as his hands transformed into gigantic, powerful paws, claws painfully emerging from them as the same happened to his feet. The transformation spread up his body as Scarlet struggled to find her footing while the beast began to growl. You are mine. As the words finished coming out of his mouth, his face became canine. A howl bellowed through the land. Finally, Scarlet got to her feet and ran as fast as she could, hoping that she could make it back into town before it was too late. The werewolf leapt and bound behind her, speedily advancing on all fours, claws whipping up the grass and muck with every advance it made. The werewolf jumped with all its might, hurling towards Scarlet, claws outreached. Scarlet shut her eyes, tightly anticipating what would happen next. Alas, Scarlet would never be anybody's again.